The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Good morning, and thank you for joining host Cheryl Esposito for an intriguing hour of Leading Conversations. Each week, Cheryl brings together big thinkers to the Voice America Business Channel. Now here's your host, Cheryl Esposito. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Leading Conversations. This is Cheryl Esposito. Today we have a very special guest with us, Howard Martin. He is the Executive Vice President of Strategic Development for an organization called HeartMath. HeartMath is an organization dedicated to improving the health, performance, and well-being at home and in the workplace of people all over the world. He's also co-author of a book called The HeartMath Solution, the Institute of HeartMath's revolutionary program for engaging the power of the heart's intelligence. Welcome, Howard, to the show. Hey, Cheryl, thank you so much. It's really a pleasure to be with you. You know, we, we know each other through a wonderful organization, Transformational Leadership Council, and yeah. we see each other at those meetings, and this is another way for us to play. I like it. I like it. I'm so glad we can do this today. So where are you today? I'm in my office in the little mountain town of Boulder Creek, California, which is in the Santa Cruz Mountains near Santa Cruz, California. Oh, nice. nice. Yeah, redwood trees and, you know, beautiful forest. And it's where we originally started HeartMath, and we operate all over the world now, but we maintain our main offices in two locations here, both our research center and training center as well as our corporate offices are still here. And it's a wonderful place to live, and with the interconnectivity we have today through technology, it allows us to live in this wonderful environment and still be a global company. Isn't that amazing? And for anybody who's not familiar, the Santa Cruz Mountains are gorgeous. And, um, you know, we're going to talk a bit about how HeartMath works with a concept called the State of Ease. And I bet that the Santa Cruz Mountains provide some of that. It's a nice environment to facilitate it. Um, just like everything else, we have to do it ourselves. <laughs> but uh, right. certainly the, um, the environment that we have here is a facilitated environment for sure. Well, so let's, let's talk about HeartMath. You know, um, the, in the title of the book, it talks about the power of the heart's intelligence. I don't think many people have a sense that the heart actually has intelligence. So tell us about that and tell us about um, the genesis of HeartMath. Sure. Well, let me start with the genesis a little bit. You know, this for me has been a long process, an enjoyable one, but certainly a long one for 40 years now. Um, when I was young, I had, I had the good fortune of, you know, of coming to some realizations early in my life about some things. And uh, one of those was is that as I looked at life and looked at what you know, I felt it was about it, it looked like to me that everything was about evolving and that what life for me needed to be about first and foremost was continuous growth. That's what everything did. I mean, we were, you know, things come into the world, they, they take on life, they make efforts to improve themselves, and they leave behind something of value to others. And that's true of nature and a lot of different things. And so I just had a strong feeling that, you know, whatever I did, however I approached life, that it had to be about continuous growth. Mm-hmm. The other part of that realization was that continuous growth was important, but you do need to, to, to 
share what you gain. And that, you know, without being um, in a position of hubris that I had something great to share along the way or any of that, but just from a, a very casual place that yeah. my life had to be about service to others. And so the process of, of manifesting those things led me to an understanding of heart. And that happened really because of my meeting, you know, you know, 40 years ago when I met this man named Doc Childry. And Doc was just only four years older than me, but I could tell really quickly that he had an, aware, an awareness that embraced mine. And he took me on as his friend, and uh, he became a mentor. And he's, mm. you know, for 40 years now, done everything he can to look out for me and to help me and to help me grow. And uh, he is the man who was the founder of HeartMath. And so Doc used to talk back then very overtly about heart in ways I'd never heard it before. And, and, and we, were, we were young. We were full of life. We weren't, you know, squishy guys at all. You know? <laughs> we, were on, we were on the move, you know, but we were interested in personal growth. And so we were looking at different things. And heart shows up, as you know, everywhere, right? And you read books and you hear all oh, this yeah. stuff, you know, it's every place. And so, we, you know, Doc was, you know, said, let's just take a look at all this. You know, it's not necessarily our thing, but let's take a look at what heart really is. And so we began to to self-explore. And uh, what we found, and, and there were others involved, you know, I don't want to make it sound like it was just Doc and I, there were, were other people involved. Um, we found that there was something, you know, really magnificent about heart that was beyond just the characterizations that we'd read about, you know, where it was, yes, it's about love and care and you know, compassion and those kind of things, the softer side of heart. But what we found was is it had a dynamic character to it. You know, it had a, it had a way of providing insight that helped make decisions big and small. Uh, it had a sort of a, uh, an I mean business attitude about it as well, of getting things done, of being able to, to move beyond our you know, mediocrity and beyond our limitations. And so to push beyond those things and, and to provide that growth that we were after. And it was intuitive. It was high speed. It was operating sort of in a different bandwidth than just logical linear intelligence, maybe kind of like the difference between AM radio and FM radio. You know, mm. AM radio, you get the news, the sports, the weather. I love all that. And yeah. FM radio, you get NPR and you know, and pretty music. And so it's a different sort of bandwidth of intelligence. So we began to cultivate that. We worked it hard, and we we did this in obscurity. We were in Eastern North Carolina, and back then there was nothing you know associated with new thought or anything. We had to save our money. We didn't have much money. We had to save up our money, and we'd drive five hours to Washington, D.C., mm-hmm. to a bookstore that sold those kind of books. Wow. And we'd read those books and study them, and then we'd take them back and apply what, you know, we were applying what we learned and kept doing it through the heart. And we did it for 15 years. It was a lot of self-discipline. You know, any wow. kind of diet you can think of, the no-salt diet, the no-meat diet, the no-sugar <laughs> diet, the no-food diet, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Physical stuff, you know, lots of discipline going on, lots of inner work and discipline in the midst of our, of our lives. And eventually, it led us to others who, who, even though we were in an obscure location, people eventually sort of found us organically. And some of them were from California, and they had a company, and they had, you know, a, a publishing firm, a lot of different things. And after a long relationship with them, Doc decided it was time to, to take what we had learned to put it into structures and formats that we could share with others. And we started uh, the Institute of Heart Math, a nonprofit, back in 1991. Mm. And we moved out here to the, the Redwoods in Northern California and started our work. And it was very, we, had, we, we did it with very little resource. 
and we started writing books and publishing books, and that led to training programs. And early on, we 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 uh, brought in science. We brought in a, we were able to attract a, a team of very very talented researchers and scientists, and an advisory board of luminaries in that field, mm-hmm. because we knew if we were going to really introduce a system about heart, that we had to do it differently. That heart had been talked about for thousands of years, right. but rarely was it being actualized with consistency. And then in today's world, it needed to have a grounded component. And that's why we call it heart math, Cheryl. It's like mm-hmm. math isn't uh, like mathematics, but it's a grounded term. Right. It gives it, you know, an empirical understanding. So we did the, the most important seminal research that's been done, and there's others that have been done that we greatly respect and we utilized, but to really map out the fact that the heart at a physiological level is so far, so much more than a blood pump. Well, so tell us about this concept of heart intelligence. Well, I've kind of described it along the way. Um, it is that intelligence that's high speed and it's intuitive. It's a, it's a place that we go to inside very often, especially when life is tough. Hmm. And we're looking for deeper answers where the normal you know, processes of coming up with answers don't seem to work. And it's in those times, I think, that you know, all of the listeners today can probably identify with this. Is that's when we dig a little deeper. It's when, when people pray or meditate, hmm. or, or they take that walk into the woods at night, or they drive off into the night in their car, and they're, what they're doing is looking for answers, and they're pulling deeper inside. And when they do, uh, and when I do, then very often you know, new, more hopeful perspectives begin to emerge. The problem's not necessarily solved, but these feelings begin to emerge that offer some security and some hope. And that would be another sort of tangible example of the intelligence of the heart. Hmm. Another way of looking at it is that heart intelligence is that organizing and central intelligence that we have that even embraces and facilitates both mental and emotional intelligence. It's a guiding force within us. It's that inner compass that we have inside. And I guess one of the ways I like to describe it best is that my heart intelligence is my own best friend. <laughs> and it's my best, best guide, really, for helping me navigate life, especially during these changing times. And so I talk about that in the Heart Mass Solution book that I co-authored honorably with Doc. Mm. And we break all that down, and we bring in all the science showing the, you know, the heart sending powerful healing commands to the brain and to the rest of the body, mm. brain function being critically dependent upon this information from heart, the fact that it does it in four different ways, including an energetic communication through, its, through an energy field, electromagnetic field that it creates, Lots of different ways and things we know now that we can empirically give heart intelligence um, some substance. While at the same time, I can describe it in ways that I think people can identify with that are very practical and things that people have felt within themselves. Well, it it sounds like you're speaking on some level about intuition. Yes. It's an intuitive component to it. And uh, intuition, if you think about it, is when we... We, we arrive at understanding without going through so, so much of a, a stepping stone process. Mm-hmm. We just know. And there's an interesting study that we did here at the Institute, published in, it's a huge study, published in two parts in the Journal of um, Alternative and Complementary Medicine about three years ago. And it was looking at, you know, um, basically what they, were, what they thought they were looking at was what they call precognitive response. Mm-hmm. And they had um, test subjects in front of a computer. And they were measuring both brainwave states in a variety of different ways and also all kinds of changes going on in the heart, heart rhythm states, and a lot of heart and informational uh, uh, you know, diagnostic was going on. Mm-hmm. 
and the person would push a button on the computer, and a picture would emerge. And there were two kinds of pictures in there. One one type would be very pretty pictures, you know, beautiful scenes and you know bunny rabbits and stuff. And the other were horrific, you know, people getting stabbed, you know, uh, car wrecks, those kind of things. And so they pushed the button, and the, the computer would determine, you know, within a little bit of time, like it was, you know, within seconds, what picture would emerge. And the computer was just randomly selecting it. There's no way the computer even knew, in a sense, much less the person. And then the information was processed about what occurred. Now, what we got from that was amazing to me. What we saw was is that, you know, in many, many cases, the body was responding to the upcoming picture six seconds before the picture actually emerged. Really? Six seconds. And there was no pattern, like every other one or no. every third one? Uh-huh. No, this was a huge study and a very expensive one, so all this data was broken down, all those factors were filtered out. Wow. And you could see that six seconds prior to the picture, the body was responding to the upcoming picture. Now, when they began to decode that information even further, what they found was is that the first part of our physiology that responded to the upcoming picture was not the brain. It was the heart. The heart began to act as if the picture was there. About a second and a half later, the brain began to do what it would normally do to the upcoming picture. And then a second and a half before the picture actually emerged, the two coupled together. So what, they, what the result of that study was is that the process that they were observing was not precognitive. It was pre, pre-heart. Wow. And so it's called, the, the, the study is on intuition, and what they were attempting to do, and to some degree uh, certainly did, was to begin at a physiological level to decode what we call intuition. Right. You know, that's fascinating. It, of course, I and just about everybody have had experience where um, you'll think of something and then it will show up, or you'll mm-hmm. think of someone and then they'll call you. And, you know, we chalk that up to coincidence, and yet the more it happens, the more... Um, I at least, and I know many other people, begin to think, hmm, there must be more to this than just coincidence. And, you know, tell us more about how this can actually be cultivated. I mean, is that something that we can do more of or create more of in our lives? Absolutely, sure. And that's what HeartMath's really about. I mean, we have a HeartMath as a company, sure, but it's also what it really is is a system of tools, methods, and technology, all designed to empower people to you know better navigate you know through these changing times we're living in. And so, what we're doing is really cultivating a state of heart intelligence. Now, we do lots and lots of training around the world in major Fortune 100 companies and healthcare institutions and things like that, as well as the many, many thousands of people that that, that, um, that practice HeartMath. But in those settings, you know, we don't talk about heart intelligence so overtly, or or not often. We do in some ways. But what we talk about instead is a physiological, psychological state that we have been able to identify in research, and that's called coherence. Hmm. Coherence is a highly ordered state where less energy is wasted. It is a state where the body's systems are synchronized, and they're synchronizing to the rhythms of the heart. And it means things like respiration, digestion, immune system response, hormonal response, all that stuff is synchronized so that it's all working together in a very harmonious way. The same coherent state is, is triggered by and is accompanied by sustained positive emotion. 
And this is where it goes back to heart again because it's the kind of emotions that we talk about when we talk about heart, like compassion mm-hmm. and care mm-hmm. and love. Those kind of emotional uh, feelings that we have trigger the coherent state. Now, in the coherent state, we are aligned, we're in sync. It's a high-performance state. It's, it's, it's as close as anybody's ever come to measuring what's called the zone that athletes get into. And it is a very, very aware state. You can trigger it by doing exercises like prayer and meditation and the softer things. But it's also a very dynamic state where you're very much in touch with your surroundings. You're very aware. Your, your senses are heightened, actually. So you have this, this interesting um, awareness that's accompanied by it that, you know, that's very practical and very useful in the midst of you know, whatever we're doing today, just like me doing a radio show right now and you hosting a radio show. So the coherent state is what we try to cultivate. And in the cultivation of the coherent state, you really are cultivating hard intelligence. And as you cultivate hard intelligence, you in turn cultivate things like intuition. That's fascinating. And so, you know, what I'm wondering is, um, you know, for people who are, you know, kind of already on this trajectory um, where they believe that you can really shift your own, not only your mood, but your state of being, Um, you know, it sounds like this would be something that would be easy for them to assimilate, would be easy for them to understand. I'm wanting us to get into a little bit about, you know, how something like this could affect people whose state of being is um, uh, sad, depressed, violent, you know, a a lot of other things. But we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we'll have the answer to that question. We'll be right back. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790, 866-472-5790, Voice America Business Network. Leadership is not static. It evolves as you do. At Alexa Consulting, we work with CEOs, senior leaders, and leaders in transition who want to make a difference. Leaders who believe that good business is good for people, good for the world, and knows that conscious actions can have global impact. Are you ready to take your leadership to the next level? If you are, then visit our website at www.alexaconsulting.com. That's www.alexaconsulting.com. Alexa Consulting, developing leaders worldwide. Technology is changing the way we live our lives and how we do business. On CIO Talk Radio, we talk about the benefits of technology and the great things it allows us to do, as well as its risks. Heard every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific, Sunjo Gall interviews business leaders and other experts that are shaping the way we use technology. To learn more about the show, visit www.ciotalkradio.com. Keep up with the changing world of technology and listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjo Gall. Listen in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific, right here on Voice America Business. 
Get Rich Slowly is your toolkit for success. Now more than ever, it's time to take control of your future. Because in today's world, Get Rich Quick is your path to disaster. Each Wednesday, Ted Alt, the maverick Wall Street financial planning guru, gives you the tools, the strategy, and introduces you to the experts that will help you build a quality portfolio and lead a rich, fulfilling life. Achieve your goals, the stress-free investment life you deserve, and become the success you are meant to be. Get Rich Slowly with Ted Alt. Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Business. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. We appreciate you joining our leading conversations today. If you would like to participate in today's conversation, please call us now at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Now back to your host, Cheryl. Welcome back to Leading Conversations. This is Cheryl Esposito. We're speaking with Howard Martin of HeartMath. So, Howard, you you did a beautiful job of helping us understand the concept of HeartMath and and the premise behind it and some of the science behind it. So, you know, I I really want us to look at if there are people who would probably really get this quickly, easily, buy the whole thing, um, because they already are on this trajectory. They already believe we're highly intuitive, we can access our intuition, we can shape, shape our state of being. Um, and, but what about people who aren't even, don't even have that as, as a premise in their life, don't, don't really think that they have much power over how they show up, um, what their state of being is. You know, we have people who are living life, lives of violence, you know, mm-hmm. sadness, depression. I mean, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of situations that, you know, contribute to that for them. How would this work with someone like that? Well, you're right, Cheryl. There are many, many problems that people are facing today. This amount of change happening in, in such a short amount of time is putting a huge amount of emotional stress on people. And we fully acknowledge that at HeartMath, and we do address it. Uh, there's a whole series of books, for example. I'm not trying to sell books here on your show. I'm just making people aware of some things. It's called the Transforming Series. You can see them on the HeartMath website. And they're, they're short books you know, written around specific issues, just like you've addressed. We have one, Transforming Anxiety, Transforming mm-hmm. de- Depression, Transforming Stress, Transforming Hypertension. You know, it's a series of books that, about those things. Also, we do a lot of work with health professionals, and there are, I think right now in our database, somewhere around 15,000 health professionals. Wow who utilize heart math. And a lot of those, the majority of those, are actually in, in the field of, um, of mental health. Mm. So they're using heart math techniques as a way of intervening. And uh, a lot of them use heart math as what they call short-term interventions, meaning that in some cases they don't need to go through necessarily going back to a regressive type approaches to help people right. through these things. And they, what they found is that Using heart math techniques, and especially along with the technology we created, the M-Wave technologies, which you know teach people how to increase their coherence levels, that they can move people more quickly back to you know places that are more balanced and move them out of some of the emotional you know turmoil that they're in. Mm. So it's not true in all cases, and some use it as something that they have in their you know sort of their bag, you know, in a way, for the right people at the right time. But there's a lot of work that goes on in the area of mental health. In one area particularly that I'm really proud of that we do at HeartMath is with the military. And Hmm. we are doing a lot of training in the military, uh, pre-deployment and um, with, you know, primarily the Navy and uh, the Marines. 
Well, tell us what that would be like. What, what does that involve? Well, it's training programs for these people going into the field. You know, they go into Afghanistan or Iraq or somewhere like that. And we're doing training, giving them tools and techniques to really, you know, be able to, you know, increase their operational efficiency in a way. Hmm. And we call it operational awareness. And it's, you know, to help them maintain a certain level of emotional balance and poise while not being idealistic about what they face, you know. Right. But giving them tools that they can bring themselves back to balance more quickly with, things that they can actually increase their awareness while they're doing what they're doing. Uh, it's, it's a performance-enhancing process, but it has a component to it that's really looking out for the well-being of these, of these military people. And it actually applies to their families as well. And then on the back end... We have another team here at HeartMath that works with health professionals, and they work a lot with the military's mental health professionals, both in the, in the military itself and at the VA centers. Mm-hmm. And I think there's about 50 VA centers now around the country that have mental health professionals who utilize HeartMath with these people. And they're helping them with things like post-traumatic stress disorder mm-hmm. and some of the issues that they come back with. So we're really working in the military on both sides of the equation trying to prepare them for what they're going to face, giving them some tools that they didn't have as they go into these situations, and then helping them when they get back. Well, and would the would using the training program before they go off to war, um, would that affect whether or not they come back with post-traumatic stress? I mean, That's the goal. And that's our hope, and we're doing studies along with these with these training initiatives, you know. And it, our goal is, is that we do prevent some of that, you know. So it's again, it's, some of it's preventative, but again, you know, let's be real. I mean, they're going, if they're going into these battle situations, you know, and these people yeah. are getting shot at, or they're seeing oh, okay. their you know, their fellow soldiers injured, hurt, killed, all that sort of stuff, mm-hmm. these are issues that you can't prevent. You know, a lot of emotional discord that comes with something like that. I mean, that's part of the, the frustration I think anyone has with with war. You know, of how d- destructive it is in so many different ways. So there's there's things that they can do to help them and. We've got many, many, many testimonials from soldiers and about what they have been able to, to, to accomplish with what they what they gain from being trained, and many of them are wonderful. Where they just say, "Without this, I don't know what would have happened to me." But you know, that that kind of testimonial, you know, yeah. of how valuable it was to them and what they experienced. Yeah. And that's just one area we work in. But I think looking at you know how do we apply this to people who who don't necessarily have you know interest in the more overt side of heart math. And it comes down to benefits. Uh, when we go into healthcare organizations and companies, the primary benefits that we're really after are healthcare outcomes, mm. reduction of healthcare costs. Sure. We work in corporate wellness. We have a wonderful e-learning program called Revitalize You that we're deploying now into large companies uh, to as a preventative measure, really around corporate wellness. And in the hospital settings, what's interesting is we done a lot of training in those settings for years, one of our major training markets, and we were focusing on stress and the reduction of stress as a way of reducing the, um, the amount of people leaving the organization. And we have great statistics on that. We, mm-hmm. we saved hospitals a lot of money. But what's shifting now is that what they really want from us, and I think this is wonderful and beautiful, is they want us to engender more care among the nurses. So we're shifting a lot of our focus right now into much more of a care-focused program for these people, which in a sense does reduce stress as well. But they're saying that, you know, the stress is an issue. People leaving the company is an issue, but not as big a one as it was because people now are concerned about their jobs. Mm. But what we want is we want the nurses to be able to sustain their care, 
and we want that care to translate into the patient experience. Mm-hmm. So, so tell th- us about how, how you would do that. What's an example? Well, an example would be is we go in into a, a hospital, and the first thing we do is we train leadership. Mm-hmm. And that's generally a one-day training program. And in all of our training programs, we provide them with this handheld device that people use to, to train themselves to increase coherence, and it's called the M-Wave, and that's spelled with an E-M. And it's something we've sold all over the world. It's won awards, you know, um, in many ways for innovative technology and a lot of different things. It's a little handheld device about the size of a cell phone. And it's used, again, for people to practice techniques that increase their coherence and get some feedback from the device. And so the executives and the leadership team and all that, they get the M waves and they're trained so that we have their understanding of what's going to happen in their hospital. Mm-hmm. Then we use a train-the-trainers model where we train the hospital educators. And then there's workbooks and materials kits and things that many of your listeners are familiar with that are in this business mm-hmm. that, we, that we provide for the hospital. And then their hospital educators go back in and begin to train the larger numbers of people. Now, along the way, we are collecting data. We use a very, very nice and sophisticated psychometric research tool that we developed with the, with the Navy Postgraduate School. And we use that as a way of measuring, you know, changes that are occurring. And in some cases, if the hospital's into it, we measure physiological things, but that's not always the case. And so they're given a half-a-day training program. And then our team here works in more of a consultative role at that point, helping that hospital, you know, integrate heart math into their culture in a, in a nice, smooth way that provides context and provides, you know, language and lexicon for the hospital staff to have. And then we sort of engender you know, the use of part math tools amongst that staff and encourage the use of them so that their, the hospital culture begins to take on some newness to it. And there are a lot of programs that these hospitals do, so it's not all heart math. They do other things as well, but they see heart math as a sort of an integrative component to it that sort of brings it all together, that provides a, you know, a, a catalyst, so to speak, for the other things that they do. And so it's it's become a, a very important part of our, our business here at HeartMath, and um, our team really loves it because they find so many caring people in healthcare, and uh, a lot of people really do get it. But but those people we're training, they they have all different beliefs and value systems, and you know all kinds of things out there in the world. I mean, a, you know, a nurse in Colorado somewhere may not have any interest at all in anything, you know, overtly hard or spiritual or any of that. She's just a person that's trying to make a living and raise her family, you know. Mm. And so we address that and we, 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 we tailor our programs to, you know, to be respectful of that and to use language that re- can, these people can relate to and to give them tools and techniques that they can actually apply in their lives in a meaningful way. You know, that, that sounds so powerful. And um, I'm wondering what kind of response you get from leadership, whether it's in hospitals or other large organizations. Uh, you know, I mean, clearly, if you're going in to do a training, most likely, you know, they've already begun to understand it a little bit. But what what kind of response do you get? We get a good response. Uh, sometimes we're just brought in as a, you know, to be honest with you, it's just a, a specialized program, you know, where they want something innovative for their executives. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, they know they, they, they find out about heart math. They see the respect that we have, all the published research and you know, the time we've been doing this in business and all that. So they respect it and they bring us in 
and you know expose their leadership to it. And I think generally it goes really, really well. Um, I think that the, the leaders get it, the fact that there are some things that we teach in our, and when we apply this to leadership about things like learning to regulate emotion, really being the next frontier, really, in, in sort of human evolution. Right. What differentiates you know, good leaders from great leaders, and et cetera. We also teach things like connected communication, which are, are ways in which we really can connect more in our communicative processes. Mm-hmm. And as leaders, this is important, right, because we, we have to listen to understand what's going on. We also have to right. communicate an awful lot. And this communications can go up and down and all around. And to me, that's where the, a lot of the stress comes up. It certainly does right. for me. You know, when communication goes sideways, that's when I start having, you know, some some feelings in myself that don't feel right. Uh, yeah. And so those kind of things is what we teach. And then you add the science to it. The leaders love that. You give them some, mm-hmm. some really cool technology that they can play with. They love that. You know? <laughs> so generally it goes well. But I'm sure just like any other training program or process that's out there, there's people that probably say, well, I didn't really like that. You know? Yeah, sure. Or they didn't make any sense to me or that's not who I am. I mean, you know, this is a, this is, you know, a, a business and it's a business that we offer training to a wide variety of people and to the public. And so I think it's about sort of percentages or ratios of adoption mm-hmm. and not n- knowing that not everybody's going to like anything any of us out there do. Uh, but I think our, I would be proud to say that our percentages of adoption and acceptance and excitement about what we do is, is really good. Wow. How many people do you think you've touched? Is there any any way to measure that? Gosh, in 20 years it's been millions. You know. Just our media department alone, you know, has media placements that you know where people see the name or read the article or I do the radio show like today that reach many, many millions of people. You know, mm-hmm. I think just for me alone through my book, through the webinars, through the radio shows, and I'm just one person here at Heart Math, but I think I probably reach tens of thousands of people a week. Wow! With a message, so a lot goes on, and so it's hard to say in terms of numbers. We we know we sell our products, we, we ship products to over 80 countries. For example, I, I, I manage the, all of our international licensing business, and I have a license operations set up in Europe. I have them in Asia. I have them in Australia. So we are global in a sense where we're operating beyond you know, our own borders. So it's, it's, it's interesting and difficult to track those numbers. We, we do make efforts you know, to do that, and uh, we have sort of goals that we set, and we, we have metrics that you know, aren't exact, but metrics that sort of you know, can, can be related to the numbers of people reached. It's mm-hmm. called, we call it Lives Touched. Lives touched. Yeah. That's fantastic. What's the youngest age of person that you could use this with? Well, that's a good question, Cheryl. Thanks. You know, I'm glad you brought that up because I don't normally think about it and sometimes. But we have two. We, I mean, Heart Math is, is, is both for-profit and non-profit. We have two major organizations involved in that. On the non-profit side, they deal with education. And they have an educational division, and they work with children as young as kindergarten. Oh, wow. And they have a you whole set of products. Kindig- you can teach a kindergarten child to regulate their emotions. Yes, you can. They have they have products for this stuff. They have these you know, a product called Early Heart Smarts, which is this wonderful little kit. It's got a little heart in it. You squeeze. It's got a little stethoscope. It's got a little you know little bunny rabbit and bear thing in there, and, and little techniques that teachers or parents or grandparents can teach kids. Uh, they've got all that stuff, and uh, it's amazing what they do with young kids. And it's part of their their strategic, you know, goals and initiative. Their mission is to equip younger people with these things early in life because they need it so much now, yeah. and to try to you know give them things you know early on that they can use the rest of their life to make life easier. So it's a really important part of the mission of the Institute of Heart Math, of the nonprofit side of what we do, 
is working with youth and kids, and they do it all the way up to college. They've got programs and products that start with you know, earliest kindergarten all the way up. And one of the coolest things they created that was released this year, which they released it, they can't make any money on it. It only sells for like $15 or something. But it's, a, it's an actual board game called Wild Ride to the Heart oh. that you play. And it's really the coolest game. And everybody said, you know, nobody plays board games anymore. It's all, you know, computer-based now, and so you're wasting your time. And we have seen more blog uh, blog reports and little articles and news things that have come out about Wild Ride to the Heart and the parents really? and the kids love this thing. And so they did it as a labor of love and it was really intelligently designed and it's really working out well for them. I'm sure that at 15 bucks a piece it's not a money maker but they're a non-profit. But it's bringing a lot of very positive attention to them in the work that they do with kids. And it's really the coolest little game so they, people can check it out on the Institute of Heart Math site. It's called Wild Ride to the Heart. That's great. Well, we're going to learn more about this wild ride to ours, heart math, when we come right back. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. Leadership is not static. It evolves as you do. At Alexa Consulting, we work with CEOs, senior leaders, and leaders in transition who want to make a difference. Leaders who believe that good business is good for people, good for the world, and knows that conscious actions can have global impact. Are you ready to take your leadership to the next level? If you are, then visit our website at www.alexaconsulting.com. That's www.alexaconsulting.com. Alexa Consulting, developing leaders worldwide. You want to know the inside scoop on how today's leaders do business? How they hire and develop top talent? How do they retain top employees and customers? Tune in to Leadership Leverage on the Voice America Business Channel. Every week, Dr. Robert Denker will offer ideals and facilitate discussion with guests that will help shape today's up-and-coming leaders as well as established leaders in their fields. Listen for Leadership Leverage every Tuesday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Business. Are you ready to grow your business? Listen for the Independent Business Owner Show with your coach, Rick Carrado. This entertaining talk radio program will bring you the tools to help increase your business. You'll learn sales success, time management, lead generation, business development, life balance, and much more. Rick Carrado is here to help you take your business to the next level. Listen for the Independent Business Owner Show, heard live every Monday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Network. From the boardroom to you. Voice America Business Network. We appreciate you joining our leading conversations today. If you would like to participate in today's conversation, please call us now at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Now back to your host, Cheryl. And welcome back to Leading Conversations. This is Cheryl Esposito, and we're speaking with Howard Martin of HeartMath, the co-author of The HeartMath Solution, the Institute of HeartMath's revolutionary program for engaging the power of the heart's intelligence. So, Howard, I want to talk about this product that HeartMath has created called M-Wave. That's E-M-Wave. 
and how people utilize it and what are some of the desktop computer programs that people can utilize on a daily basis, you know, all by themselves, you know, without any any interaction with groups, et cetera. You know, what is it and how do people use it? Okay. Thank you, Cheryl. Um, well, you know, I mentioned earlier in, in our show that we – did a lot of scientific research understanding how the heart communicates with the brain and the rest of the body, and that it did it in four ways. And this is all, you know, a huge body of research, published research, confirming all of this. One of the methodologies we were using, and one of the ways that we could decode this communication, was looking at what's you know, changes in what's generically called our heart rhythms. And the medical term for that is heart rate variability analysis. What that means is the heart is constantly changing speeds. When we go to a doctor, the doctor says our heart rate was 75 beats a minute. That was an average. The timing really changes between every single heartbeat. And as it does it, it these interesting patterns emerge, and heart rate variability is you know, very useful in determining the health of the heart, the, you know, the sort of the fitness of the, of the autonomic nervous system, and the, the quality of communication between heart and brain. So once we understood all this stuff from a scientific perspective, we realized that we could create technology that was not just expensive medical technology, but something people could use. Mm-hmm. We could train them to understand you know, the changes in their heart rhythms, to, to influence those heart rhythms, and to bring our system into that coherent state that I talked about earlier. Because mm-hmm. when the heart rhythms are in a certain, certain rhythmic pattern, it is the coherent state. So we developed a product, a computer-based product, that was released in late 1999 called the Freeze Framer. And it was a PC-based product. showed the heart rhythms on a screen. It showed you how coherent they were. And you used it to train yourself to increase your coherence level. Hmm. And it did really, really well. It started slow and then really, really built. And uh, today that's been turned into a product that runs on you know any computer system, Mac and PC, et cetera. It's called M-Wave Desktop. And it has games in it. It has great, you know, instructional information within the context of it and all of that. And we sell that all over the world. And it's used by people, you know, in all walks of life. I mean, it's used by athletes. I mean, Olympic athletes train with this thing. It's used by uh, by lots of health professionals. It's used by educators. And it's used by thousands and thousands of people that are interested in their own, you know, personal growth and um, in reduction of, you know, some of this emotional stress. Mm-hmm. So... That was something in evolution that occurred, but also along the way, our customers told us that they loved it, but what they wanted was portability. So we took the same technology. We were able to develop a chip that could do the same sort of analysis, and we put it into the handheld device about the size of a cell phone. Oh, boy. And it's called M-Wave Personal Stress Reliever. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't, you know, with the, with the PC, with the, the computer-based product, you actually see the the waveforms of your heart rhythms and things like that. On the handheld, you don't. It utilizes lights that show you what coherence level you're in. And we've oh. identified three states, low, medium, and high. Low is normal. It's not like there's anything wrong. Medium is a much improved state. And high is when you enter that highly ordered, highly efficient, highly coherent state uh, that I talked about earlier, right. where all your systems are working together and you have an acute awareness. It's kind of like the zone athletes get into. And so... I use the M-Wave handheld all the time. Um, it has audio tones that let me know when I'm in medium or high coherence. So in the morning, I do a little practice for about 10 or 15 minutes where I'm sort of setting up my day. And what I'm trying to do really is set up sort of the energetics of my day. Hmm. I'm not sitting there planning out things. I'm sitting there really trying to get in that place where I feel like I'm at my very best and being sort of the, you know, the best human being I can be. 
So you're not doing your to-do list. You're not going over what the tasks are that you're going to do today. You're preparing yourself to move into the space of doing business. That's correct. And what happens is, is, you know, I'll be sitting there, my eyes are closed, I'm doing this thing, and, you know, all of a sudden I realize I'm not hearing the tone that would represent medium or high coherence. (laughs) And then I realize what I'm doing is I'm planning my day. You know, I've slipped off into thinking about what's coming up or, uh-huh. or processing something from yesterday. You know, uh-huh. and so it keeps me honest. It keeps me right on it, and then so I take it with me on the road when I travel. And I use it sometimes, you know, at night too as well, whether I'm home or on the road, to sort of begin to end my day and, and put myself in the right place so that I sort of bookend my day with this thing. And I get asked in interviews, well, what's this, what is it really good for? And my answer is pretty simple. You know, I use it to prepare for things. And I use it to get over things. Oh, now that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah, to move on so I can regain my emotional resilience and composure or whatever and go back to doing what I do in a better place. And so whether it's the computer-based product, which has more features in it, or the handheld device, which is mm-hmm. you know is easier to use and, and more portable, I guess I can say that you know these technologies are, are technologies that are just there to facilitate people. And you can practice heart math techniques without any of that stuff, and many people do, but then you know, adding that technology component to it really brings it to another level. And it's sort of, you know, an analogy Doc Shoulder, our founder, used with me one time and told me one time, it's kind of like a GPS. You don't really have to have it to get where you go. As a matter of fact, you know, we didn't have them for years, and we still figured it out, but it sure is convenient right now to have them. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. And so it's the same way with the M-Wave. You don't have to have it to find that interstate inside. You don't have to have it to activate coherence and heart intelligence. But it's there for you, and it can make it easier, and um, it adds a, another layer to things. So the technology piece has been really good for us, both as a business and both as a, in a way in which we serve people. And we sell those things everywhere. And, again, the applications are, are wide. And... Um, we're continuing to develop new technologies. There'll be other things coming out, different things that'll be going on, uh, in, you know, in our future as we unfold our product roadmap and the technology roadmap. So, it's become an important part of HeartMath and sort of a natural outgrowth of the research that we did to, to prove something that we believed in a long time ago, which is we have this wonderful thing called Heart. M Wave E M W A V E. So, yeah. what does E M stand for? It can stand for uh, empowerment. Ah, okay. In a sort of an encoded way. Because, right. you know, empowerment can be a hackneyed word sometimes, especially yeah. in the corporate arena. But really, I don't, you know, when I step back and think about it, I, I just say, well, whatever about the hackneyed part, what people really need today is empowerment. They need to really be able to take control of themselves internally and yeah, make these choices and navigate these changing times. And so uh, I'll use it anyway, whether it's in, you know, sort of hackneyed or not, because that's kind of what Heart Mass has always been about. It's about empowering people. It's about you know giving them access to something they already have, which is the intelligence of the heart, so that they themselves can take their next level and move beyond their limitations and have more fulfillment in their lives. Well, and because you all at HeartMath are really big thinkers, and we like having big thinkers on leading conversations, um, you are looking at this not only um, as a way to help individuals, but you're looking at this from a global perspective. Tell us about your latest initiative. Well, thank you. It's called the Global Coherence Initiative. You know, so 20 years in, we know how to create and measure individual coherence, and we've done that a lot. We also know how to engender and facilitate organizational coherence, and that's reflected in the work we do in organizations. So what would be next for us? Well, 
how about global coherence? How do we create more of that? How do we begin to work at it in a different direction? So we know, you know, that really, if you, when I think about it, you know, things begin to change in consciousness in some way, and it filters down into the sort of the psychological underpinnings or paradigms in which we operate and live our lives, and how the world functions itself. You know, sort of the rules of how things go, how organizations function. You know, perceptions of things. All that stuff sort of starts at the consciousness level. Now. We've created this organization. It's called the Global Coherence Initiative to facilitate a change in consciousness. You can join it for free. It's a membership. It's about 28,000 members as of you know, this, this conversation. Hmm. And uh, they're around the world. They're in about 80 countries, 85, I think, is my last count. And the site is full of unbelievable information. And it has all kinds of tools and techniques and people can use. And we have, you know, things like a global, you know, care focus room that you go into where you can see, you know, on a on a globe where the other people are that are in there now and lots of features. I won't try to describe it all. But it's designed to really unite many, many thousands of people in heart focus, care and intention to you know, facilitate change to create more harmony and cooperation in the world and move beyond some of this chaos and confusion that we're in. Now it's our math, so science plays a part. So what sort of differentiates this, I think, and, and when I say differentiate, let me just make sure that I want to say that I really appreciate all the groups and all the efforts being made in the world today mm-hmm. You know that are bringing people together and using things like meditation and prayer and intention right. and you know, all those things. I really respect and honor all that. So all I'm saying is that we're bringing our own sort of, you know, what we can bring to the party, we're bringing it to the party. Right. So we bring some science. So... We have developed technology in consort with other scientists that measures subtle changes in the Earth's energetic fields. Those fields are the Earth's geomagnetic field and also a field that operates above the atmosphere called the ionosphere. And these are energetic fields produced by the Earth. They are part of the Earth as a living system. So this technology measures subtle changes in these fields. We have one full-blown working sensor site that we've been taking data from for over a year now here in Northern California. We just put in our second site, and it was put in Saudi Arabia, funded by Saudi Prince. Really? And we'll be deploying two more sites probably this year. And what we're creating is a land-based system. This has never been done before. Mm-hmm. A land-based system looking at these energetic fields that we can then correlate to the, to the satellite data that the government has on these fields mm-hmm. and get a clear picture of what's happening in these energetic fields. Now, why are we doing this? We're doing it to try to prove a hypothesis. The hypothesis is this. Mass human emotion, whether positive or negative, has a direct impact on the Earth itself and its energetic fields. Hmm. Now, we know... So, so, and energetic fields then have an effect on individuals? Very astute observations (laughs) on your part. Thank you for that. Yeah, we know for a fact, not through our research, but through research that's been done previously and more research ongoing, the changes in these fields impact people. Some of the same frequencies in these fields are exactly the same frequencies produced by the human heart and human brain. And there have been many studies correlating things like health changes, traffic accidents, violence and crime, terrorism, all kinds of changes that occur in correlation to changes in the fields. Now, hypothetically, what if we could make a positive influence in that field? that influence society in a positive way. It's a way to work energetically at creating the positive change I think many of us want to see in the world today. 
So it's working it from top down. We work it from bottom up. We work with little kids. We work with soldiers. We work everything in the middle. This is just one more piece of heart math, and it's working it from the top down. Let's work at it from the energetic level, from the field of consciousness itself. Let's work it back that way, and we'll keep doing what we do, you know, day to day with all the other things that we are involved in. And the goal is, is really facilitate people through these changing times. So have you been able to um, measure, for instance, on days when there's been an especially explosive news patterns or, you know, something horrific happening someplace in the world, have you been able to see that there are shifts in the magnetic field on days like that when things like that go on? Yeah, there's some some data to that, and it's not just our data. Um, matter of fact, our data is not really supporting that yet. Um, we're working this in a very rigorous scientific way, so we're not able to, you know, to, to, to say things from a sort of phenomenalistic standpoint. Right, right. It has to be very empirical because I think what we're doing also will contribute to the academic literature about these fields themselves because they're, you know, there's not as much understanding of them as is really needed. So what we're saying, and there's other, other things that, that begin to sort of give pictures into that, like random number generators done by Dr. Roger Nelson at Princeton University, and we work with him. We correlate our data with his. They do show that there are effects happening when there is mass human emotion. And I won't try to get into the details of his research, but in the way he, he looks at things, the biggest impact he ever saw from the data he collected happened at 9-11. Mm. And he hasn't seen anything close to that before or since. Wow. And so that was a day, for example, when you had mass human emotion, you know, at probably one of the highest levels it's ever, ever been. Sure, sure. And he picked that up through random number generator data, which is somewhat of an inexact science, but yet interesting, you know, and respected in some in some ways. So we're looking at this, and over time we, we will have 12 sensor sites, and we can begin to do more research. We did a study this summer with 1,600 people where for six months, really, they tracked their own emotional changes uh, on a day-to-day basis through randomly sent surveys that were just pumped out to them. They didn't know when was coming, and they had to respond to it. We are correlating that data now. We are seeing some correlation between changes that we saw you know, in the field that were reported, you know, obviously through the normal things like government satellites looking at solar flares and, you know, those kind of things. We are seeing correlations between changes in this group of 1,600 people and the changes that we saw in these fields. Well, this is fascinating. You know, I, I, it gives me hope that we actually can influence not only the, the path that the world is going down, but um, the way people show up and state of being. And, of course, it starts with the individual and what you're doing with the coherence initiative, the Global Coherence Initiative, will inform how you then support the individual, which I think is fascinating. And we need to know more about this. So when people are curious after this show, they're going to want to know more about you and more about HeartMath, where do they go? Go to HeartMath.com and HeartMath.org. Okay. And the Global Coherence Initiative, is you can find it on the HeartMath.org site, but if they want that, that's GLCoherence.org. And that is great. Join the Global Coherence Initiative. It's free. You can become part of a community that's you know doing this sort of thing. But let me go back to the very beginning a second. I mean, we've talked about it a lot, and we've even taken it all the way into consciousness research. Mm-hmm. But in the beginning, I said that my life was defined by two things, which is continuous growth and service to others. Mm. And so it does come back to the individual, regardless of all the stuff that you know that I've talked about and that we're doing. 
every one of us has the opportunity to to make a positive contribution, you know, to the world today. And I think the most important one I make, or that any of us make, are what we do moment to moment, day to day. How we Absolutely. process life, how we treat ourselves, how we treat each other, and that's the most important service that any of us do. If heart math was didn't exist, I still think that by doing that, I could make a, a an important contribution just by doing that, and everybody can. And that's what I really want people to to understand from the show, and that life can be truly fulfilling in ways that people you know maybe think that it can't. Well, that is very well said, Howard. Thank you so much for being with us today. It has been great to learn about heart math. Wonderful to feel your heart in all of this and in a way that people can really understand. We'll have you back again. I just know we will. Thank you, Cheryl, so much for having me on your show. Great. So remember, everyone, to think big because the world could be a better place because of a conversation that matters. This is Cheryl Esposito. Thank you for spending this hour with Cheryl Esposito and Leading Conversations. You can listen live every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on the Voice America Business Channel. If you have a question or comment for Cheryl, please email her at leadingconversations at alexaconsulting.com. That's L-E-A-D-I-N-G-C-O-N-V-E-R-S-A-T-I-O-N-S at A-L-E-X-S-A-C-O-N-S-U-L-T-I-N-G.com. See you next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.